Shalom, Holy Scriptures and Israel is a ministry designed to share with the Jewish people the good news of the Lord Jesus Yeshua the Messiah and to instruct Christians on the Jewish roots of their faith. And now, teaching God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective, here is Gideon Levitam. The study of Romans chapter 8. No joy spiritually. Why? Why is it that we, even as believers, live very similar to the world around us? Why? Because we minded the things of the flesh. We haven't been occupied with the Word of God and with Yeshua the Messiah, which, and we've been occupied with all kinds of things that lead us into spiritual deadness. No power. That's what he's saying here. Now again, you can make a contrast between a believer and unbeliever because the unbeliever, his carnal mind is only going to lead him to death. Not only the, the physical death, but eternal death. And the spiritual minded, the believer will be ultimately led into life. He already have life and he is going to be eternally with the Lord. But we can also apply it to believers. The spiritual believer and the unspiritual or the carnal believer who mind the things of the flesh. Ultimately, it leads to deadness. Meaning that there is no vibrancy. You are kind of not rejoicing in the Lord. You feel empty. You feel shallow. Sometimes we can come to a meeting and because we have not been occupied with the Lord, we have no energy, no spiritual energy to praise Yeshua the Messiah. But when we have been occupied with Him and we can gather together in the meetings, we have a full, our cups are full and we can praise Him for what He has done for me during the week when I've been living day by day following after Him. So, the contrast between the flesh and the spirit, verse 5. The contrast between death and life. Notice in verse 7, there is a contrast between war with God or peace with God. Notice verse 7. Because the carnal mind is enmity or war, is at war against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed it can be. Here's the third contrast. You see, fleshly minded or carnal minded is enmity against God. Do you know that God is not pleased with the world and its sin and fleshly carnal, the old nature, you know, for this carnal mindedness, Jesus the Messiah had to die. For this enmity that the world is against God, the human nature is against God, the Messiah had to do something about it when he came to this world and he paid the penalty for sin. So being carnally minded is actually being at war against God. Listen, if you go back please to chapter 5 of Romans, just a couple of verses there. Look what we read here in chapter 5 and verse 10. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son. You see what he's saying here? We were enemies of God. And the carnal mindedness is really against God, is enmity against God. When Yeshua, the Messiah, came, he eliminated that animosity when he paid the penalty. And God had reconciled us. He restored to us his favor. 
He recovered what we have lost because of sin. And he brought us back to himself through the death of the Messiah, Yeshua, on the cross. And so we have the third contrast in verse 7. Enmity, war against God, or peace with God when we are spiritually minded and not carnal minded. Finally now in verse 8, the fourth contrast is pleasing self or pleasing God. It says then in verse 8, So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. This is something, you know, it doesn't say that they might have a chance to please God. But they can't. The Bible teaches us here that those that are in the flesh simply cannot please God. Doesn't matter how much they try. And that's why the Lord wants us to realize as believers to learn from that. He says, listen, if I am going to live a victorious life, I have to please God. And if I am going to please God, I have to depend not upon the flesh, not upon the old nature, but I have to depend upon the Holy Spirit of God, which will lead me, which will guide me, which will guide everyone that will wait on Him to be guided by Him. So the unsaved person live in a lowest level of life, he cannot please God. But the believer has the potential to please God because he has a new nature and the Holy Spirit of God is able to help him if we only wait on the Spirit of God for guidance. So now that we have talked about those verses and we saw the contrast and we learned that we don't have to be defeated if we just wait on the Lord and be guided by Him and have the Spirit of God guiding us, notice now in the next verses, verses 9, 10, and 11, the believer have to recognize that he has the Holy Spirit of God in him. The Holy Spirit of God residing in every Christian, in every person who belongs to Yeshua, the Messiah. Verses 9, 10, and 11. Only believers have the Holy Spirit of God. Unbelievers don't. Verse 9. But you are not in the flesh, Paul is saying to the believers. But you are in the Spirit. And notice he says, since, I know in the King James he says, if. But he doesn't put a doubt here. It's actually not if, it should be since. Since so be that the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of the Messiah, he is not belong to him. Now, let's not make any mistakes. If a person is a child of God, the Holy Spirit of God reside in the believer, in those that belong to the Lord Jesus, the Messiah. If a person does not have the Holy Spirit of God, according to this verse, Romans 8 verse 9, this person does not belong to the Lord, does not belong to God. That is important to understand, and he showing this to the believers at Rome, that only the believers have the Holy Spirit of God. The unbelievers don't have the Holy Spirit of God. If any man have not the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of Messiah, he is none of his. Put your finger here and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 6 for a moment. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 19. The Corinthians needed to learn this truth and they needed to remember that the Holy Spirit of God dwells in them. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19 and 20, Paul is saying to them, What? Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, which is in you, and which you have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye have been bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which belongs to God. You know, the Corinthians' condition have been rather sad, especially in the first epistle. We read about all the problems that they have had. 
They had sexual immorality. They were taking one another to court. They had parties in the midst of the fellowship, didn't care for each other. They were not waiting on each other. They were not sensitive to each other. And he asked them, the apostle asked them, look, how can you live like this? How can you be like this? You are the people of God. You belong to the Lord Yeshua, the Messiah. Don't you know that your body is a temple of the Spirit of God? Don't you know that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Don't you know that you have been bought with a price? And you are not your own. You know, we have been bought with a price. The price was so high, we can't measure the price that the Lord Yeshua paid in order to purchase a people for himself. The price was his precious blood. It was his life. He was cut off in the midst of the living. He died on a Roman cross, on a cross, and he paid the penalty for our sins, and he bought us. He purchased us with a price. The price was very high. And therefore, the apostle is emphasizing to the Corinthians, listen, you belong to the Lord. You are not your own, really. Don't behave. Don't act in the flesh. And when you stumble and you sin and you act in the flesh, repent and turn back to God. That's what he's saying. And that's what we need to do. We fail so many times. Where we have to turn back to the Lord. Realizing that we have the Holy Spirit of God. And the Holy Spirit of God desires to lead us in a life that is pleasing to the Lord. Verse 10, and I'm back in Romans chapter 8. In verse 10, we find out not only that believers have the Spirit of God, but the Spirit of God is life. In verse 10 he said, And if or since the Messiah be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. He's telling the believers at Rome to recognize that since the Messiah being them, he says, the body, the old nature, because of sin, you know, the body is dead because of sin and the sin nature, but the spirit gives life because of righteousness. There is a contrast here between those that don't have the Holy Spirit of God and those that have the Holy Spirit of God because the Spirit of God is life. And then in verse 11, he says that the Spirit of God will raise the believer as the Messiah was raised. It says in verse 11, But since the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he... It says in verse 11, He that raised up the Messiah from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit which dwelleth in you. Now what he's really speaking about here is not only talking about the future day when we're gonna, after we're going to die and be resurrected and going to be together with him, but he's saying to us here that the Holy Spirit of God is able to quicken us. In other words, to produce in the life of the believer that which is honoring to the Lord. That's what he is saying here. The Spirit of God is able to produce in the life of the believer that which be a blessing and honoring unto the Lord. So the Spirit of God is dwelling in the believer. That is essential to understand it. And now the last portion here, and we're going to cover this last portion from verse 12 to 17, and please follow up with me on this. Not only that we have the Holy Spirit of God, but the Holy Spirit of God also is able to control us and to help us. 
so we will not live a defeated life. Look at this. Verse 12 and 13, the Spirit of God will help us to put to death the works of the flesh. We read in verse 12, Therefore, brethren, and notice he called them brethren, because they were already believers. They were the children of God. They were believers. And he called them brethren, achim. They were saved. They had the Holy Spirit of God. And he's saying to them, Therefore, brethren, we are not debtors to the flesh. To live after the flesh. For if we live after the flesh, ye shall die. In other words, you will have no fellowship, no joy, no blessings. But if ye through the Spirit mortify the deed of the body, then ye shall live. Now again, he's talking to believers. He doesn't talk about death, that we're going to die physically. He's talking about believers who need to be awakened in their spiritual progress. They need to be living a life that is vibrant for the Lord. And that's why he says, brethren, listen, we are not debtors to the flesh. You know, brothers and sisters, we don't have to allow the flesh to take control over our lives all the time. The old nature does not have to win or to take over in our lives. He doesn't have to. Why? Because we have the Spirit of God to aid us and to help us. That means that when we say things, we can be more careful. When we want to say something wrong about somebody, to cut him down or to get angry at somebody, we don't have to do that. We can wait on the Lord and ask, Lord, help me. And the Spirit of God is able to help us instead of cursing somebody, blessing somebody. That means if we are having to make a decision which direction to go in our life, we don't have to do the wrong thing. We can do the right thing. And the Holy Spirit of God will lead us and guide us. But it's not possible on our own. It's only possible as we yield, as we submit ourselves, as we wait on the Lord and allow Him to lead us. So we don't have to be debtors. Brother, he said, therefore we are debtors not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. We don't have to live like that. We don't have to be defeated in our lives as believers. We can live a victorious life in the strength of the Holy Spirit of God. He says here, because if we will allow ourselves to live in the flesh, ye shall die. He doesn't mean that they will die only physically. He doesn't mean that they will die eternally. He called them brethren. They are saved. They are belong to the Lord. But he means you will die in a sense of there will be no fellowship with the Lord. There will be no power, no energy, no blessings. And that's what he wants to produce in the life of the believer. Vitality for the Lord. Spiritual guide for our life so we can be living a victorious life. And the Holy Spirit of God, verse 13b, Through the Spirit you can mortify or put to death the deeds of the body. What is the deed of the body? With this body we committed every sin in the world. With these eyes we look where we shouldn't. With the ears we listen to what we shouldn't. With our mouth, you know what the other passages said in the Bible and the Gospel of John, with the same mouth we praise God and we curse men. That's the way we are. And we are children of God, you see. We're going to heaven. We're going to spend eternity with Yeshua, our Mashiach in heaven, praising Him. But what about now? Do I have right now, do you have to right now to be defeated and to be a debtor to this old nature that constantly causes us to be away from the things of God? Do we have to be so? Paul says, no, we don't have to. It's so nice to see a believer that allowed the Spirit of God to control him or her. You can see it. You can enjoy it. 
You envy it because you can see the joy that's existing in that person's life. The service to the people of God, the ministry that God used them, because they mortify, in the power of the Holy Spirit, they mortify the deeds of the flesh. They don't allow their flesh to take control over their lives. That's what the apostle leads us here in these verses. Here's the next verse. In verse 14, 15, 16, and 17, we learn that the Spirit of God will help. He will lead us. He will direct us. He will bear witness. He will draw us from the wealth of the Messiah. In those verses we read, in verses 14 all the way to verse 17, look at these verses. Such a beautiful verses. Verse 14, it says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. You know how we show that we are the children of God? is when we are led by the Holy Spirit of God. He will lead us. He will direct us. He will lead us to the things of God. God always leads. By the way, you notice it doesn't say as many as are driven. It says as many as are led. You know, the Spirit of God is a gentle Holy Spirit. He leads. Yeshua is a shepherd. He leads. He doesn't drive. He leads us and He draws us. He wants our affection connected with it. He leads us. And that's why it says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the children of God. The children of God are being led by the Spirit. It says in the next verse, verse 15, the Spirit of God direct us to the Father. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, our Father. You know, you and I did not receive the spirit of bondage. We're not slaves. We are sons. We are daughters of the Father. You know, we love in Hebrew, every child call his father Abba. It's a baby talk, Abba. It's a relationship that we have. And God had brought us into a relationship. He's our Abba. He's our Father. And when we stumble, He loves us and He wants us to be picked up and He helps us just like you and I who had children know when they were kids, when they were toddlers and they couldn't walk and they stumbled and they fell. We didn't spank them. We lifted them up and helped them to stand and actually held them and helped them to walk. And that is a beautiful thing. You remember when you raised your little boy or your little girl, how you loved them and you saw them crawling and you wanted them to stand up and you want to see them walking. Here's the first step and the second step. And look at them. Look at her. Look at him. Look how beautiful it is. Or maybe when they took a bicycle the first time and you held the bicycle for them that, oh, they are going to fall and you just held them until finally they took a ride on the bicycle. That's exactly what God does with us, brothers and sisters. It's so precious to know He loves us so much. He cares for us so much. He doesn't want to see us going astray. And then when we fall, He will lift us up and He will help us to continue on. He understands that we are toddlers, that we are, we are children and that need to be growing. And we can cry, Abba, our Abba, our Father. We don't have to fear from Him. We've been brought into a relationship with the Father. He's not there with a bat ready to hit us. He's there with an open arm and he says, Listen, for this fall, for this sin, I sent the Messiah, Yeshua, to die. Get up. Move on. Yield to me. Allow me to be your leader, your guide. Allow the Holy Spirit of God to lead you. That's what he's really saying. 
For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, our Father. And you know, we all have been brought into this relationship with the Father and the Son. And now we have a relationship with Him. You know that Israel as a nation is called in the Bible, My Son. The angels are called in the book of Job, the sons of God. But no individual was called the son of the father before the Messiah have come. It is only in the present day dispensation in which you and I live in that you and I individually can call the father, Abba, Father. And that's what the Spirit of God will do. The Spirit of God not only will lead us, but the Spirit of God will direct us to the Father and saying, Father, help me with this situation. Help me with this need. Help me to honor you in my life, Father. When I go astray, Abba, Father, help me to be turning back to the right direction. When I dishonor you, when I dishonor the Lord, Father, help me that I will not continue in this pathway. You remember the story of the prodigal son? I love that story very much because the prodigal son left the father's house. And he had gone all the way to a faraway country. And there he wasted everything that the father had given him. And when he was away in a far country, he had nothing left for him anymore in his hand. You know what happened? He was hungry. So he went and he began to eat the food that the pigs had eaten. And the Bible teaches us in the gospel that when he came unto himself, to the end of himself, he says, I will arise and I will go unto my father. And I will tell him, Father, I confess before you and before heavens Father, receive me as one of your servants. But you know what the father, the father was looking, waiting for him to come. He longed for this child of him to come from the pig pen, to come back. And the father, when he took him back home, and you remember he covered him, he put on him another robe. And he gave him shoes on his feet. He gave him ring on his finger. Speaks of relationship that he had had with him. And he killed the fattest calf. And he said, let us be merry, let us celebrate. Because this my son was lost and now he's found. In other words, this son always had been the son of the father. Whether he was in the house or whether he was in a pig pen. He was always the son of the father. He never stopped to be the son. And you know, no pig in a pig pen ever said, I will arise and go unto my father. Only that one son that have gone astray. And that's what we learn, brothers and sisters, that the Spirit of God will help us to live a victorious life because He will lead us unto the Father where we can cry to Him, Abba, Father, I need your help. I need your counsel. I need your direction. And we need that every day of our lives. We need the counsel of the Father, the guidance of the Father. Now the Spirit of God, not only that He's going to lead us and He directs us to the Father, notice that verse also next to it, the, the Spirit of God will bear witness to the fact that we are the children of God. He will bear witness, He will remind us, it says here in these verses. Look in verse 16, the Spirit bear witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. That's what the Spirit will do. You see, the Holy Spirit of God will remind uh, the human spirit, listen, I'm a child of the Father. I don't have to live a defeated life. I have no condemnation, but I also do not need to live a defeated life. I can be freed from defeat. I can live a victorious life as a believer. 
I can only the Lord. And so the Spirit of God will remind us. You say, hey Gideon, you know what? You are a child of the Father. You shouldn't continue this way when you go wrong. Go back. Go back to your Father. Go back to the Lord. Have your life pleasing to the Father. You are son of the Father. The Spirit of God will bear witness. Thank God for the Holy Spirit of God that we have indwelling us. He reminds us who we belong to. And then finally, in verse 17, the Spirit helps us to draw from the wealth that we have in the Messiah. It says here in verse 17, And if children, then you are heirs, heirs of God, and joint heir with Christ, with Mashiach, since so be that we suffer, or if we suffer with him, we shall also be glorified with him together. He says, listen, listen, the Holy Spirit of God will remind us that we have so much in the Lord. Do you know that you and I are co-heirs with the Lord? I mean, I know that believers who suffer perhaps in China, in Russia, in Muslim countries, poor, destitute, have nothing. You and I are privileged to have so much in this country, but there are many believers who have nothing even in this world. And so what we learn here from this passage that they need to be reminded that we are heirs, we are co-heirs with the Lord one day. When we are going to be with Him, we're going to be not only rich in a physical way, if you will, on the material way, if you can say, because we are going to be, of course, in heaven with Him, even a new heaven, a new earth. We're going to be here with Him, reigning with Him, but we have spiritual wealth that belong to us. Because we are heirs of Christ, heirs of the Messiah, and joined heirs with Him. See, the Father gave the Son everything. And because you and I link with Him, He has given us so much. And so the Holy Spirit of God will direct us to draw from that which we have in Him. I am co-heir with the Messiah. You are co-heir with the Messiah. And there is so much wealth, spiritual wealth, joy, peace, blessing, Everything we have in the Messiah because of what he has done for us. So brothers and sisters, in this subject for today, in Romans chapter 8, we learn two things. Number one, there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ, in Mashiach Yeshua. You and I never will be condemned anymore because the condemnation has been dealt with once and for all when Jesus, the Messiah, died for us. But there is also not necessarily anymore to be no more defeat. There is no more defeat. And therefore in these verses which we have read today, there is no obligation to live a defeated life anymore. We can live a victorious life if we allow the Holy Spirit of God to take control of our lives. May he do so. May we will allow him. May he help us to do so for the name of the Lord Jesus and for the blessing of each and every one of us. You have been listening to the Holy Scriptures and Israel with Gideon Levitam. Gideon teaches God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective. For more information about this ministry, write to Holy Scriptures and Israel, Box 1411, Niagara-on-the-Lake, Ontario, L0S1J0, or visit our website at holyscripturesandisrael.com. You are also invited to Gideon's weekly Bible teaching on Fridays at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. 
and Saturdays at 1 p.m. at Willowdale Christian Assembly Hall, 28 Martin Ross Avenue in Toronto. Holy Scriptures and Israel is made possible by your prayers and financial support. If you would like to support the program, visit holyscripturesandisrael.com. God bless you. Shalom, shalom.